Hey, drama listeners, before we get to the show, I want to tell you about our bonus content platform called Patreon. You know it. You should love it. It's a $5 a month subscription that will help Connor and I continue to churn out gag-worthy content, including our entire summer lineup of pride guests and everything beyond. Today's episode with Damon Gillespie is incredible. And if you loved it, you loved him, there's even more content that only our Patreon subscribers have access to. All month long, we featured other independent podcasts that came on and had a little kiki with us only for our Patreon listeners. You know, we might be kicking back some glasses of wine and chatting about Broadway, theater, love, life, pop culture. Are you gagged? Are you happy? Come on, check it out. Support us. Support you. Bye. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take skin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got on the option? No, oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say, say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in, in New York, York City, City and, and the, the world. world. I'm Connor McDowell. And I'm Dylan McDowell. And this is our second attempt at recording with our guest today. Yes, because th- we had real drama. We did. And it wasn't our guest's fault. It was, no. wasn't our fault. It wasn't yours for a change. <laughs> it, it, it was the Wi-Fi. And we were sort of, we, we sort of ha- were at a crossroads of our internet's completely gone. We can't watch TV. We can't be on our phones. We can't be on the computer. What does one do with their time? It was a puzzling scenario. But what I will say is, thank <laughs> God our guest was so kind. Oh my God, so gracious. If it happened with anybody else, I would have been just, but he was so generous, so thoughtful. And here we are again, a week later. One week later. I will say we were like really ready. This is some BTS here behind the scenes, but you know, we spend like the hour before the pod really, you know, I I guess I call it like my own little warm up. You know, we we do a little extra research. We might like listen to them on an interview or them singing or something. We really get ready. And then the fact that we were about to start recording and the interview had to be rescheduled was the biggest case of blue balls I've ever experienced. And you've mentioned other cases in the past on the pod. So we'll leave right, it at that. Right, right, right. I think, you know, because this has been so long awaited, we just bring him in. I do think so. And also, happy summer. Yeah. When this is released, I might be in Myrtle Beach, which is kind of random and fun. Yeah. I'm jealous as hell. I don't have any plans. I'll either be just about to leave or just coming back. So. Oh my God. I'm so jealous. All right. Our guest today is a bona fide star of stage and screen. This Southern boy made his Broadway debut in the cast of Newsies as Buttons, and he then went on to appear in Disney's Aladdin. He was even a part of Alliance Theater's world premiere of The Prom, directed by Casey Nicola, as well as The Music Man at the Kennedy Center, starred alongside Peter Dinklage and Cyrano, at Goodspeed and more. He appeared as Chino in Carnegie Hall's West Side Story, In the Heights at Pittsburgh CLO, and so many more credits. He was featured on Inside Amy Schumer's Emmy award-winning sketch, Girl, You Don't Need Makeup, before he starred as Robbie Thorne in the much-loved and gone-too-soon show, 
Rise on NBC. You'll know him from his appearance on Empire, his recurring role on The Society, and most recently for starring as Caleb in Netflix's ballet drama Tiny Pretty Things. He is a dog daddy, a twitch king, and too talented for words. Please welcome to drama Damon Gillespie. Wow, you guys really did your research. Okay, y'all are playing. <laughs> I was like, wow, there's a lot, there's a lot on there. <laughs> really? I know. And you know, I even, I skipped around while reading your bio. So if it was choppy at all, I apologize, but you've done a lot. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. I, I was legit like, damn, that's a lot of stuff. Like I've been very blessed. I have yes. really been blessed. Blessed and highly favored. Thank you. That's not on Anastasia. This is, this was literally a journey through the past. Uh-huh. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Damon, thanks again for being so accommodating with our Wi-Fi issues. We've legitimately been so excited to do this with you for so long. We've had you on our list forever. So thanks for, for joining the drama fan. Absolutely. I'm I'm so excited. I love I love doing like podcasts or honestly just sitting and talking. So oh, yeah. We even got into it a little bit before we jumped into things, but we are curious, just in the state of our world, are you well? <laughs> Every day is a little different. That's a, <laughs> that's kind of where that is. You know, um, the past year ha- was insane for everybody, obviously, 100% me included. And it's, you know, it's it's getting a little better. But I mean, in I'd say about 80 to 85% of the time, I'm well. Good. And, and right now you're back in New York and yeah. things are slowly starting to open up again and... So that's good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that you're well as can be. Wait, what what neighborhood do you live in? If you if you are allowed to reveal it on the pod, we can always cut this later. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the Heights. <gasps> nice. Oh, yes. I love it up here. Oh. I really do. Were you one of the lucky few who got to see in the Heights the movie like preview? Wait, that was a people got to see it in the previews? Oh, yes, like I don't know if it was digitally or if people all went to like some theater somewhere, but a lot of our followers and friends were tweeting about it. I'm so mad. I know. I know. I'm very jealous. This movie has brought me nothing but pain and suffering. I swear. I know. Well, why aren't you in it? I think it's the first. That's exactly what I was about to say. (laughs) So I begged and pleaded. I reached out to my team. I was like, please reach out to them. I was like, I want to be a part of this so bad. I love this musical and I want to do it. They were like, well, they already have Benny cast. Mind you, this was like two years ago. Okay. So before they even started filming, you know, when they were like rumors of this, they already had Benny cast. And I was like, look, I'm prepubescent basically to (laughs) to the Broadway world. And so I'm not looking for Benny. They were like, well, they also weren't really thinking Sonny. I was like, have you looked at my resume at not my team, but like anybody in casting, like I'll take graffiti Pete, like, let me go and let me go do my thing. And they were like, my team was like, oh, we didn't even think about that. And I was like, "I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. You're like, my team is now fire. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I love my team, but I never, the casting was also like, we didn't even think about that. And I was like, you're going to make me have a nervous breakdown. Yeah. And so I never really heard back. And then the move, the trailer came out and it looked beautiful. So that pissed me off because Uh I want, like, I know it's going to be amazing. Oh yeah. And I'm going to be, and I'm going to cry. And I'm going to be pissed off because I wanted so bad to be a part of that. And now people have already seen it. I just I can't win with this freaking musical <laughs> movie. I just can't win. Now, when you did it in Pittsburgh, who did you play Benny? No, I was Graffiti Pete. 
Okay. A pivotal role. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, let me do it. A spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen In the Heights, but Graffiti Pete plays a pivotal role for the finale. You know what I mean? Yep. He really does. He creates the reason for Usnavi to stay. Period. I was like, I want that responsibility. Right. (laughs) If not for Graffiti Pete, I don't know where the musical would have ended, you know? Truly. What would have happened? Would it would he have gotten with Vanessa? Would what would Sonny be doing? Like God, in the heights is unreal. Wait, I have something else to say that is a mild in the heights spoiler. So if you're listening to this and you don't want to be spoiled of something that happens allegedly in the movie, don't listen. But I heard they cut like five songs from the show. And I don't know if you want to know which ones, but like big moments like um the song that Nina sings. After Abuela Claudia dies, everything I know is allegedly cut. I heard hundreds of stories is is cut. Hundreds of stories was that. See, oh my god, what? I I I get that for movies things have to change, and you can't always do all twenty songs in two and a half hours because there has to be other things that happen. But that made me so upset. Like, and um, the song that Nina's dad sings cut. Not a new deal. Yeah, not a new deal. And it's Jimmy Smith. I think Jimmy Smith is playing that role. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm sad. I guess they know what they're hopefully know what they're doing. Well, I will say as someone who's like done the show, the other two songs, the first two songs that you mentioned, I was like, I don't even really remember those two songs. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait, I do. OK, I do remember that. And it's OK. I'm OK for mm-hmm. those two. But like Inutil, which is the dad song, I think half of it could have been cut. Yes. And they usually do that. They'll like make the songs like a minute and a half, two minutes. In, right. In movie musicals. Yeah. Those especially those solos like. And I think because in my head, when I look at that musical, I think that they did because it was like one of his first ones he ever wrote. So in the, you know, it probably was like this long and they're like, we need to make it two and a half hours. So it's like, okay, well, then I'll add some more songs and we get Mm -hmm. those songs. And it's like, they're great, but it doesn't really progress the story forward, Mm -hmm. which I I think, you know what I mean? So as a when I look at it for film, I'm like, those can go. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know no no tino shade they can they you know all tino shade they can just they can go <laughs> all tino shade that's right damon you you are a southern boy i love when your accent comes out remind me again where you're from from chattanooga tennessee okay yeah wow. i've only ever been to Sevierville. Sevierville. yeah Sevierville. Sevierville. and i was actually there last summer yeah it was great I, we got in a car accident on the way down but we still made it good i'm, I'm so sorry about the car accident. Oh, yeah. And no one was hurt. That's good. But my boyfriend's car was totaled. I think I told the story on the pod. I don't remember. But we had a great time in the mountains. It was like yeah. that period of quarantine when people were like doing like safe vacations. Mm-hmm. So like an isolated trip to the mountains. Yep. Right. With, like the your pod was. Yeah. So that was great. So is where you grew up. Was that near there? It's about two and a half hours away. But my family okay. like so there's three parts of Sevierville. We call it Gatlinburg because it basically yes. is three cities. It's Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg, and Sevierville, and they all kind of run on a strip. So like Dollywood is there, um, yes. Whitewater is there, which is just a water park. And then there's this sh- literal, I'd say like 15 to 20 mile strip of just bowling, putt-putt, we call it putt-putt, but mini golf. Um <laughs> horseback riding breakfast and pancakes like oh i i love going oh, yeah, there's there. huge pancake places it's Ooh, a the yeah. tourist trap dream but it i really love is. that kind of stuff it's like the south zone little vegas uh-huh oh it's so fun yeah they do like that hatfield and mccoy like live mm-hmm. shows and oh, stuff yeah. like that How fun. and then so dixie fun. stampede which is her uh-huh. like her live show which is awesome uh i, I love i love 
I love my state. I really do. Aww. I don't like how they act sometimes, but like, I love my state. <laughs> Hometown pride. Yeah. Speaking of your, of your younger years, perhaps we ask all of our guests about the moment they realized they wanted to jump into the ocean of the arts. And we call it the ring of keys moment inspired by fun homes moment of recognition. But do you feel like you had a ring of keys moment when it came to loving, you know, music, theater, performing, anything like that? It's kind of a story though. So I've always been an active kid. My mom put me in Taekwondo when I was two because I started walking when I was eight months old. Young. Yeah, very young. And so your boy loved the Power Rangers and still does the original, the OG Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. And so I was running around like punching the couches and kicking and stuff. And my mom was like, absolutely not. If he, he's going to hurt somebody, he's going to actually kick some other two, three-year-old in the throat, and it's going to be a mess. So I've always been like an active kid. And so I started like Taekwondo. And then the next year I was in dance and I've, I had been dancing ever since. When I was in sixth grade, my mom was like, look, I know you're, I also played every sport imaginable. She was like, I know that you love football, but your dad is like five, six and I'm five, nine. I don't see you being tall enough to be a football player. (laughs) You are great at dance. You love singing. You love performing. I'm putting you in an art school. So she did. I resisted because I was like, no. But while I was there, um, funny enough, this teacher actually texted me this morning. Um, My musical theater teacher from middle school, because it was six through 12. He, I was, I was a ballet major with a musical theater minor. And I was in love with musical theater. So I went, I was like, I'm changing my major. And I 100% just did that. Um, And so all throughout middle school and high school, I was a musical theater major. Every year when you're in high school, you come to New York, you see shows, you take workshops, like it's amazing. And I came to see Billy Elliot was my very first show. Mm. And I'll never forget seeing Billy Elliot during the angry dance and just the lights, the subwoofers, the tapping, the choreography on the riot shields just like the anger the angst all of it just the expression i was like that right there i said if i'm not doing that shit i'm not i'm not doing it like i'm not doing anything else that was the moment i was like i've got to do i've got to be a performer I, i remember it so vividly because um one of my best friends who actually lives right down the road from me he was sitting right beside me he was like i gotta see you for your first broadway show dude um, he's like, I gotta, you know, I gotta and both of us afterward, we're like grabbing each other and we went, what the fuck was that? That was so amazing. Like we flipped out. That is 100% my ring of case moment. I love that moment. And I don't think anyone's ever mentioned that before. Mm-mm. Billy Elliot has come up a couple of times recently. What a masterpiece. And the movie is great too, but see, I grew up knowing about the movie, but I wasn't old enough to watch it yet. So my, mm-hmm. I never watched it. I watched like the opening scene when he's bouncing on the ropes. Yes. And then my mom was like, all right, that's all you need to see. She's like, you can box and also dance. That's what I was trying to prove. Yeah. Cause it's got some language in it and it's, it's pretty violent if I remember at times, but. Oh yeah. And it's, it's also like a complicated political piece yeah. in many ways. Totally. Oh my God. I cry every time in that movie. Yeah. It's different parts, but like there's the scene when the dad or wait, is it the brother or the dad? And they're like going, they, they stop striking and they go back to work. And it's like this emotional mm-hmm. scene where he like runs to him. I forget. Yeah. I'm like completely getting the, I think it's wrong. the dad because the father and the older brother are like constantly at like butting heads. 
because of the of the strikes. I'm I'm pretty sure. Right? Yeah. No, you're it's right. It's been a I long right. time since I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I think Will Chase played the brother, and so did San- Santino Fontana. Wait, on yeah. Broadway or in the movie? Um, on Broadway. Okay. <laughs> 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 that's that would make one. sense. I'm trying to remember when that was on Broadway, but then when immediately after graduating from school, did you go into Newsies? No. So uh, that was in 2009. Because I, okay. I always remember uh, my years in school were the years that I was in school. So like I was in first grade in 2001, graduated in, you know, my 12th year was my graduate was 2012. So us too. I think we're the us same. Too. We're the same age. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was 2009 when I saw Billy Elliot, but my senior year of high school. So this is the this is the the saga of Newsies. Um, my senior year of high school, um, one of my uh, musical theater directors is like Alan Menken's like right hand man at this point. Oh, wow. Like he works on him with everything, and this was like the start of that relationship. And they were like, hey, we're trying to diversify our cast in Newsies. We, you should come up to New York. You need to come up to New York and audition. And they gave me like a month to prep the stuff because this is my first audition ever professionally. Um, so I and he's working with me. He's giving me, you know, he's like, you need to be able to know this and that. And so I'm like watching the the performance on The View. I'm listen i'm watching i'm going through everything watching the movie over and over um and i go up there and i audition and i i got cut i got cut so hard I, it, it just wasn't my time my technique wasn't there my voice was still like i only hit puberty like a year and a half before that man like it was a mess so i didn't get it but the casting director was kind enough to give me some feedback on what i need to do he was like you've got to work on your technique that was the that was the note and i was okay. like all right cool so i was in ballet or jazz every day and went off to college in chicago came back the next year ended up meeting one of my best friends giuseppe bocilio who got the role over me i was pissed but i'm fine now (laughs) and uh they when i came back i actually made it all the way to final callbacks because i had been working on my voice so you know i could hit those notes finally i my technique was a little better and um afterward my teacher was still a part of the show and he said all right. He's like, let's go to coffee. And I was like, I don't drink coffee yet, but I'll, I'll take some wings somewhere. And so we sat down and we talked and he was like, you're good. They love you. You need a little bit more work on your technique. He was like, ba- basically your transitions. And I was like, awesome. Great. Next year, sophomore year of college, we have 8 a.m. ballet every day every day tiny pretty things vibes right that well (laughs) we'll get to that in a second yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but literally i was in i was in ballet because that was our curriculum it was like oh you've got to go to 8 a.m ballet and it was like awesome i've got to go kill my ankles amazing yeah but it worked that year i booked the tour and i was i was gonna leave college and go you know i had the summer to prepare and I was going to leave college and go start Newsies the tour. And about a month after school ended, I'm in Chicago working at Chick-fil-A trying to pay bills and doing a production of Carrie the Musical at this uh, non-equity theater, which was so much fun. Everybody. Who were you? I was Freddie. Okay. Um, So if you've never done 
carry, you need to find like you need to find a way to do it. It's so good. It's so bad, but it's so fun. Is he the one that is he who dates Chris? Is that friend? No, he's literally just like the he's like the morning announcements guy. Okay. No, the guy who's dating Chris is like a psychopath. Yeah, he's yeah. crazy. <laughs> he's insane. That'd be fun to yeah. play. I would love to play that. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I turn 40, then I can play that role. <laughs> yeah. Um, but while I'm doing that, we were in tech week and they were like, uh, we need an immediate, uh, we need you for an immediate replacement for Broadway. And they were like, can you be here in like two days? And I said, no, I'm fucking broke. What do you mean? Can I be there in two days? Like, no. I was like, I'm, I'm working at Chick-fil-A living in, an, in a living room about to open a show. And I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to leave them high and dry and like burn bridges or whatever. Like, right. So they actually let me open the show, give the, give the team some time to like find my replacement. And I was there in rehearsals. So we had that weekend. I left on Monday, June 3rd and started rehearsals that night. What a bittersweet experience. Yeah. Cause getting to opening night of a show is the great journey up the mountain. And then you don't really get to celebrate that with your cast because you're probably freaking out otherwise. Oh, I was, there was so much going on, but thankfully, you know, I didn't have to focus on newsies because I was like, that's, I get there and they teach me everything, you know? Mm -hmm. So I actually got to like chill with my cast and, and just like kind of revel because we opened the show and we all celebrated and all of us were, you know, you know, having a drink afterward, having a good old time. And everyone was like, you know, congratulations. And I'm like, Hey, like, this is our moment. We opened this show. We did something real weird in an intimate space. Like congratulate me later. Like let's, mm -hmm. let's celebrate this as a cast because we've gone through, we've really done something fun and like, let's celebrate each other. And then, mm. then you can worship me afterward. <laughs> Very Robbie Thorne of you to be so generous and, <laughs> and such a leader in that moment. Someone was a big fan of that show. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do a lot of refreshing because this was it was a few years ago now, but I yeah. did love that show. Um, okay, so wait, so when you're going to Newsies, is that its final summer then on Broadway? Yeah, so the saga okay. continues. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, June 22nd, because my Broadway debut is 23rd. It's a Sunday and we're all getting ready to, you know, we do our fight call. They let me actually try it out because they do it like a couple of times so that I can get used to it. And then Jess does, the hit, you know, the fight call too, who I'm taking over for. And then right after we get done with fight call, they tell us that we're closing the show. So the day before I made my Broadway debut, they tell us we're closing the show. <laughs> oh my God. Are you kidding me? Not at all. Did they tell you what date you were going to close? Yeah. They told us, uh, they told us it was August cause it was August 14th. I think was the closing show. Okay. So they gave, I mean, I got two months with the show, you know, but once you're a newsie, everyone wants to fuck you for the rest of your life. It's, it's like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you <laughs> no, but now I do. Now that you point it out, it makes sense. Listen, the fansies are Woof. sexual fanatics and they, yeah, they are. are, I mean. You want to talk about bringing a keys moments for, for these young girls. And these young boys. I mean, everyone wants to fuck a newsie and some of us have. Wait, is that drama? <gasps> Wait, anyways. That's, look. That's some facts. David, Connor so is not doing is not speaking anything except facts. Okay, David. So I, I'm realizing now we saw you then in Newsies. Yeah, because we, Did we you made really? the trip to New York that summer and we saw you guys like first week of August. So it was yeah. like Corey Cott mm -hmm. and and the whole crew. 
Um, what an, we were in the very last row of the mezzanine. What a great oh. show. I freaking love Newsies. Yeah. I think it appeals to all ages and getting to see it from the very last row actually I think was special because you can see every moment of that choreography. Yep. Yeah. And we had, uh, we had Jeff Calhoun on back in September. Really? And, oh, he was so smart. And so he, he just loves Newsies and he was yeah. able to share some insights into it. I'm sad it closed right at that summer, but the decision to close while it was still on top in many ways was really strategic on Disney's part. It was. And, you know, oftentimes you have to remember that this is a business and if it really, truly was just for the love of the, you know, just for the love of the game, so to speak, you'd see productions all over the place. And mm-hmm. it didn't matter if it if it succeeded or if it bombed, you would see them everywhere. But this is a business. And as much as it sucked and as much as we could, we thought we could have literally done another year. Disney had other shows that they wanted to put it there. And this and, you know, this is just from a inside outsider looking in, you know, I'm not on the business side, but just looking at how Disney does their business. They don't like to have more than two shows on at a time. Right. And so, you know, you've got Lion King, which ain't going nowhere. Mm -hmm. And then you had Aladdin, which is just, which had just opened literally right beside Newsies. And both of them were doing pretty well. But if you take the attention off of Aladdin, this brand new show, which is a lot of money, there's a lot of effects that go into that show. It can lose money if it's spread too thin amongst the Disney audience. So this one has made us a lot of money. It went so it was only supposed to be there for like three to four months and make us a lot of money. And then it ran for two years, made us even more money. Let's go out on a high. And let's switch the focus to the other shows and let's keep let's keep the money rolling in, which, you know, as as a personally, I'm pissed professionally (laughs) and like in a business standpoint, I got to respect it. I just Mm -hmm. have to. And then it has a highly successful tour. They filmed it and it was in movie theaters. Now it's on Disney. Plus. Isn't it on Disney Plus or Netflix? Mm-hmm. It's uh, It was on Netflix. It was. And now, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. And I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. anymore. I think Disney was like, yank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because it's such a profitable venture. I, I yeah. Disney really knows how to move its money around and make the most out of any situation. I mean, yep. for sure. Okay. So then you had this. Was it a good experience being in Newsies that summer? Like, was it a cool first foray into Broadway? Yeah, it was. There was a lot of highs and some and some lows as well, because when you come into a show and the day before you join, they tell you you're closing. It's like and this is not intentional and no one really planned for this, but you can't really join a family when the family's just trying to savor their last moments. So that was, that was on that end, it was really tough. It was also physically completely different than what I was used to. Because when you're, when you grow up dancing and performing and stuff, you're doing something different every single day. Right. And the body, it doesn't plateau, so to speak. And when you're doing something eight shows a week, the same thing over and over, the body, for some odd reason, it just is it it can't handle it it's it like everything starts to get out of whack so or i guess because the other parts of the body aren't getting the the muscle building part of it it's just that one specific i don't know i don't really know the science behind it i'm just making an educated <laughs> guess but it's tough on the body and so those were the two i think the two biggest things that i struggled with was like 
stamina and, you know, trying to really build connections. I ended up building them much later, but it was, I, but I also learned about stamina and how to build connections. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had this mentality of like, oh, this is what the cool kids are doing. Let me do that. And and now I'm like, no, if I vibe with you, I do. You know, if I don't, then I don't. And that's okay. We'll just remain colleagues. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. I also learned how to take care, better care of my body, my voice. And I got to fucking be on Broadway, man. In a, <laughs> in a show that like was, was Hamilton before Hamilton. You know, we, you know, every single character had a trading card and had a fan account and even the, you know, the, the tiniest of characters like buttons or, you know, uh, not Romeo or Romeo or, you know, pick a character mush. Like everybody knew who these people were. And, you know, we had a lot of influence on the Broadway community before, you know, this is the birth of social media. So we had a lot of influence yeah. um, because we had to create magic without magic every day. It became such a, a magical show. Yeah, that's the rare Disney show that doesn't have some sort of a magical element. It was the it was the choreography. Right, exactly. And the music, like Ugh. we can't sleep on Alan Menken's music, dog. Ever. So good. So good. Oh yeah. So good. In my memory, I after Seize the Day happened, I feel like there was a standing ovation, which I don't know if there was, but I it's it was just one of those Disney magic moments where I feel like yeah. the audience left to their feet. It was that emotionally visceral for everyone involved. I mean, it was so good. Because you guys saw it in August. Yeah. That was, wait, it was August 24th, not 14th, August 24th. You guys saw it in the last like leg of it. So you're probably not wrong. I remember August performances. It was, if it wasn't a matinee, it was a standing ovation and it Mm -hmm. was sold out every night. Oh yeah. It was incredible. Wow. Well, how cool. And then, I mean, eventually you made the jump from, Broadway to TV. Yeah. And I'm curious how that happened, specifically with Rise, which I would say is maybe more of your breakout role. But yeah. then more recently with Tiny Pretty Things, which was iconic. Okay, wait. Before we get into Tiny Pretty Things, though, mm-hmm. I, I do want to talk about Rise because yeah. it's it does feel like a lost gem. Um, it was like pre This Is Us or like right when This Is Us was happening. So it kind of had yeah. that NBC emotional dark but still heartwarming vibe that like yeah when friday night lights left the air this this kind of was picking up on it but i'm still wondering why it didn't go on to have more seasons but what was the process of you getting cast in rise and and starting that journey so i had been auditioning for telsey for obviously for a long time as most theater people do but when i was auditioning i was because i was mainly an ensembleist And so I was, but I was pushing for these, um, for more TV film roles. I wanted, I wanted to play roles now. I wanted to act. Um, And the reason, the big reason I like really pushed for it was because during Aladdin, I was three weeks into the show and broke my foot. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was, I was like, I, okay, I, I can't do this forever. I really can't. So I talked to my team and I was like, I want to, I want to push for, I want to keep, I want to push more for TV film and like principal roles. So right before the broken foot, they were pitching me to Telsey all the time. So I was going in, you know, for their commercials or their new shows that were coming out or that they were trying to go for, or, you know, workshops, labs, readings. And I was getting them too. I was getting a lot more roles, mainly in readings, but I was still like 
Telsey actually, Telsey and I actually had a great relationship. And then next year when pilot season struck, they were also getting the new pilots. And I had been, I was actually going ham in pilot season. I, like I was really just like, they were sending me out for everything. And I was, I was getting a couple callbacks, but the ultimate reason why I got rise is because I had been auditioning for Hamilton since 2014, since I first moved to New York. This is before it popped off at all. And huh. I actually had submitted for John Lawrence Phillip, but had only recently been seen for the ensemble. But I come in and I'm like, y'all don't know that I write my own raps. Like I do this. This is my shit. And so I came in, they were like, do you have a rap for us? And I was like, say no more. And so I, I'm more in the style of like Busta Rhymes and Eminem. So I'm a quick rapper. And so when I go in, I'm like, yo, this is what I can do. Like, it's time for y'all to see me. And they did. So they kept calling me back whenever they would have their like, you know, six month casting call or whatever, or they would call me in for replacements. And so they called me in when they were starting their first tour. So we had, you had Chicago, you had New York, and then the tour was going out and they were like, we're, we'll bring you in. And I got all the way to final callbacks. It was a long ass day. I had seen Andy earlier that day for bandstand and I do the audition. They give me 50 pages of material because they wanted me to do Lawrence Phillip. And then they were like, can you do uh, Jefferson as well? I was like, yeah, bitch, I can. <laughs> so I go in, I do it. And it's me and three other guys in for John Lawrence. And I'm like, I nailed this. Like, what's up? And I don't hear anything back. They don't respond to my emails. They don't respond to my phone calls, nothing. And those two, one went on tour, one went, one went to New York. And I was like, yo, for like, what am I doing wrong? Like, yeah. I come in, I make choices. I'm fully memorized on 50 something pages. I'm nailing the dance moves. What is it? And that was in October of 2016, February of 2017. I get an audition for rise and who else is on that team on the producing team. None other than the producers of Hamilton. Hmm. And they had just seen me do everything. So I come in, I rap, I sing, I do the sides. I go for the producer. I go for the writer. I go for the director. And within two weeks, I book the role. Wow. And that's why whenever I teach or I do master classes, I always say every time you go in for an audition, you have to do it and you have to do it at 110% because, you know, some people are like, you know, we, you may not be right for this, but you'll be right for something. And, you know, a lot of times you're thinking that, okay, that's bullshit. That's not, that's not true, but I'll be damned if it's not wow. true because it literally happened. Mm -hmm. And that's why they had all three of us there is because they knew that they were going, we want Robbie Thorne and we want two John Lawrence Phillips. And we got all three. Wow. And that's how I got it. That's an amazing story. And I'm also thinking about how even during your Newsies audition process and your Hamilton audition process, these things don't happen magically. Sometimes they do. Like you go in and the next day you're booked and two weeks later you're on Broadway. But yeah. oftentimes, most times, it is hard work and it's a long waiting game and perseverance and talent and just busting your butt will get you to where you're meant to be. And I think it's a testament to you just how hard you've worked that you've continued to 
you know, book things over the last decade, you know? I'm definitely trying. Yes, yes. <laughs> so then when Rise happened, did you guys film all of that? Like, so you, you booked it in like February and then it didn't it come out like the next winter or something like that? Yeah, so we, we filmed the pilot in March. I actually got to like my 23rd birthday was on set. I was in the makeup oh, wow. room and <laughs> celebrating my 23rd birthday on a NBC, my first NBC pilot. It was wonderful. So it was during pilot season. So it hadn't even been picked up oh, okay. yet. It got picked up in May and then we had the summer and then we were going back to camera on sep- in September. So we had August to like rehearse for a couple of weeks so we can get a jump on things. And then we started um, in September and it was all shot in New York, upstate, in the sometimes in the city, not all the time, actually rarely in the city. Yeah, in the city, also known as Brooklyn, you know, however you want to categorize that. But um, yeah, we filmed in Nyack. We filmed in, I think it was White Plains. It was either White Plains or Westchester. I think possibly both. But we filmed all over New York. And then it came out uh, in March. I've got to know what it was like to work with Rosie Perez. I love that woman so much. She's <laughs> so funny we worship her okay well here's two here's two things that you got to know about rosie when you start work leave her the fuck alone she is not a morning person and she will <laughs> she lets you know she let us know well let everyone else know not me before we started the early morning stuff and i didn't know that but it was also my birthday so i did you know i was like i was excited <laughs> And so, but later that day, she was like, I just heard it was your birthday. Happy birthday. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Rosie. That's the first thing you need to know about Rosie. She's not a morning person. Leave her alone. Let her have her moment in her glasses. Get her makeup on. Get her coffee. And she's the kindest person in the world. She's just a giving person. Other thing is this amazing story. I'll never forget it because it was episode seven and we were fucking tired. We're sitting on stage. (laughs) We're just chilling there and they're like moving stuff around. This is like, I think it's our easily hour 11 or 12, maybe 13. And we're all slap happy. We're trying to keep it together. We're trying to stay focused. And then all of a sudden you go, you just hear this fucking voice on the side go, oh, sorry, guys, I fought it. I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to surprise anybody. And I went <laughs> like I was cackling <laughs> and that is how I knew. I was like, Rosie Perez is the gem that we don't deserve. Oh my God. I mean, Broadway star, yeah. um, the view co-host, and then of course Slade on the flight attendant, yeah. which was unreal. I remember this funny tweet when Rise was airing, someone tweeted like, Rosie Perez is weekly gunning for her best featured actress in a television series, Tony Award. It was like, of course, not a Tony for TV, but I, that stuck with me every week because it was true. She was like, she had such conviction for making this, you know, musical happen. And mm-hmm. oh my God, so fun. And then unfortunately, it didn't move on to have a longer life. Right. But then a couple years later, you book another arts related show with Tiny Pretty <laughs> Things, which we've talked about a couple mentioned by name a couple of times before but you know earlier 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 when you were talking about how you were a ballet major in school cut to you then being the star of a ballet show which i mean come on you can't like plan for these things that's so cool well i clearly have a type and (laughs) i'm just i'm just in teenage teenage dramas basically (laughs) um you know Here's the thing. You can't plan for it, but you can prepare for it. Mm. My, when I was in college, I had circus class because musical theater and 
you know, performance major. Very Pippin revival energy right there. Well, it, it was the time. It was literally when the Pippin revival <laughs> came out. So all of us were like, oh, my God, they're doing that. And they're doing this. This is the circus that we just learned. Like, that's a mini tramp. Like, it was hilarious. Oh, that's funny. It was amazing. Yeah. But my circus teacher always said, keep filling your bag full of tricks. Mm. And I was like, all right, I got you. So, you know, when the time came for Newsies, it's like, okay, I got my tumbling. I've got my, you know, I've got my tapping. I've got that there. When it came time for Tiny Pretty Things, I, I've got my ballet. When it came time for uh, Rise, I was like, I, I play football. I sing yeah. and I act like my bag of tricks are here. And they also have gotten me a lot of opportunities um, because I am an avid student of music. So I learned how to play four instruments and I continue, I want to continue to learn how to play those instruments and get better. And I think that's a testament because again, it's a business and they want actors to be able to do everything, which is, I get it. You, tr- you trying to make more money, not spend more money. Yeah. They also want us to do more. And so with that, you got to be prepared. So you can't plan, but you can prepare. And I wish I'd have prepared more for Tiny Pretty Things because uh, I was I was not ready for that shit. I mean, all of you were actual dancers. Yeah. And I, from what I've heard from TV is it's take after take after take of everything. I can only imagine you talked about your ankles earlier. Yeah. Icing them all the time. Yeah. Icing and physical therapy and Tiger Bomb and KT tape. What's hilarious is that in, I think it's in episode two, there's a moment when the ballet teacher goes, that Andre Chicot was late. It's either that or the first one. And there's a, there's this bright ass green KT tape on my arm. And of mm-hmm. course, like a, if you're a dancer, you're going to have stuff like that on you. And regardless if it's junk, it's like, this is so I can keep doing this shit. You know, for performance, I'll take it off. And the reason why it was on there is because my shoulder was fucked in that. Oh my god! During that time, wow. so that was actually real. It was <laughs> on there because I needed it, not because it was like, oh, this will look cool. They were, I, I was like, I'm trying to hide it, but they were like, no, 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 we want to see it. I was like, good, because this thing is wrapped. I remember seeing that on different characters and stuff like that throughout, and thinking, oh, this is very like accurate the way this is all done we were trying that's so funny i've got to say i actually really loved the show it was like pretty little liars meets black swan yes there you go that's the pitch for the show and it was so good and you know i was shook by the amount of like nudity going on i guess i forgot that netflix can have like the parental controls on it but Mm -hmm. i mean those those sauna scenes were steamy (laughs) no pun intended I was like, sign me up for the Equinox steam rooms ASAP. We we doing a Tiny Pretty Things role play. Moment. Literally. <laughs> While we were filming, we were like, <laughs> we would be in the back being like, another fucking sauna scene. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> we got another. I'm going to be okay with walking down the street naked at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a lot. I, I warned everybody. I was like, I warned everybody. I was like, it's it's aggressive. There's a lot on there. Any chance they could to show like anyone's ass. And they did. <laughs> My ass was in the first episode and uh-huh. no one realizes it. But like when the pool scene happens and there's this one like bright white ass just swimming up the water. 
That's mine. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, it 100% is. <laughs> I clocked that ass and I was like, okay, going to IMDb right. here to see who the bear ass is. No, it, it was so good. The show honestly had everything. It was like violent and drugs and affairs. Yep. And it also dealt with issues of mm-hmm. race though. And the dance world. And it was compelling. Yeah. I'll say that. I, it was a fun binge. It was fun to do. Like normally that's not my go-to watch sure. you know, show, but even if I, even if it's not like normally my style, that show was so much fun to do. And those people are forever my family. Yeah. You could tell the bonds are really there. Yeah. Who, who were you closest to in the cast? Nabil, <laughs> Nabil and, <laughs> and Oren, I'd say um, okay. that's being very nitpicky. I mean, okay. because all of us were, I mean, we were all together every weekend, you know, uh-huh. I could, I could hang out with every single person solo and they and I and it was fine. I also was super close with the guy who played Mateo, um, Alex Ealing. And then Josh and and Brennan and I and Alex would hang out. Uh, some of us would go play basketball together. My dance partner, Claire, who played um, Esme, she and I are super close. We I was super close with the the core dancers, you know, just the one liner people like we all were a family on that show. Oh, I love it. And of course, the iconic Madam. Yes. Milf storyline. Milf storyline. <laughs> I was shook. The show was actually just like porn fetishes, like any anything <laughs> in shoehorned into the show. Sauna, Milf, <laughs> teacher, student, like everything there. Imagine. Gay, straight, ballet roommates. <laughs> All of it. This is the marketing campaign now. I know. Netflix can pay us and we will just pitch it in this way because I'm like, wait, I want to watch again. You know what I mean? Isn't the guy who played Nabil a mm-hmm. Broadway guy? Michael Rosen. He, yeah. and he fucking books. He just booked something else. And I was like, talented fuck. Like I'm, he just booked something else. <laughs> and he was in the, I always call it the first one, but it's not the, the West side revival with uh, the, oh, you know, where oh. it was like half English, half Spanish. He was in that Josefina Scaglione. Yes. Oh my God. I have a. St- I have to tell you a story about her after I brag about Michael, because it, it oh was God, the yeah. greatest in the world. Okay. So Michael, he did that, and then he also went on to do um, on the town. Oh wow. And then like right after that, he did Torch Song. Oh, that's how I'd know him. Okay. That's exactly right. Yes, I remember. Yeah. And so he has. He just works. He's and he's so fucking talented he really is the way he can transform into a character and the way he did Nabil a lot of people thought that he was French and that he was from France and that he spoke French how we didn't speak a lick of it at all (laughs) but the girl who played um Cassie Shore her father is French so she speaks beautiful French and fluently and all the time. So she was helping him with his accent and what emphasis to put on the words. And so there's this moment when they have their dream sequence, which entirely in French, they were actually translating it back and forth between, you know, all of between each other and the writer. They were all three like in the works for that scene. And it and as you can tell, it's beautiful. It's oh, yeah, beautifully it's shot. It's beautifully danced. It's beautifully spoken. It's it's amazing. That's that's one of my favorite scenes. And Michael is an, is a testament to like what it is like to transform into a character because he's so good. Oh yeah, I love it. Now my West Side Josefina Scaglione yes, yes. story. I went and saw that revival. That was my second year in New York, okay, and. Cool. That is where I first met Ryan Steele. It was, he was 19 and I was in love because that motherfucker could dance his (laughs) ass off. And he was, he was giving us a masterclass 
And we were all gobsmacked by what he was able to do. And that night we're going to go see West Side Story. So we're going to go cheer him on, obviously, because he just did a class with us, blah, blah, blah. Afterward, we're at stage door. We're meeting everybody. And Josefina walks up and I was like, you were so good. I was like, you, your, your voice is spectacular. And she was like, oh my God, thank you. She goes, you're adorable. You're like, you're so cute. And I was like, y'all heard that shit, right? Y'all heard that. Like she just, she called me cute. And I was like, and she's beautiful. She is. Oh my God. She's gorgeous. So I never, I've never run away from that. So Josefina, if you're watching this, I'll, I'll DM you. I'll slide into the DMs. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And of course, did you see Karen Olivo? Of course. Yeah. Oh, of course. She's amazing. And that was also the Jeremy Jordan was the two show Tony for that. Right. So I've worked with damn near everybody in that cast now because I've done West Side Story and those people have moved on. So as a high schooler to like look at these people that I like worshipped and be able to call them like colleagues and friends now is incredible. Jeremy was in that and someone else was in it, um, but I can't remember who it was was the other Tony. And I think I've worked with him too. I have to like go Kavanaugh originated it. Right. But I think then Matt Shingledecker took over. Okay. That's what I thought it was. Um, I think I saw Matt and not Jeremy. Okay. But there is this weird thing because Michael was in that. I actually saw Michael in that show as a child. That's so wild. Right? So yeah, I have a really close connection with that with West Side Story and 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 now hosting this guy Liam. Yeah, well, Damon, I I have to break it to you, but you are going to be that to other people. Like there, I'm sure there are fansies and fans of the shows you've watched who are looking up to you, and they're going to be the young people in the show one day, and they're going to have that surreal moment. So that's it's a testament to you because you are such a nice guy and so generous with your time and talent. So. It's going to happen to you as well. I really hope so, because that's going to be a an amazing moment, because I know how it feels now and how I felt then. So when that actually happens to me, I might cry the first time. It's like, oh, I saw <laughs> you in this and you, you know, you inspired me to keep this going. And I'm so excited to work with you. And I'm I'm going to ball. I'm going to cry because I know what that's like. I know how that feels. And if that happens, I'm. I'm going to be so excited. That's why I got into this business. Mm-hmm. It's, it's full circle. It'll be, re- it's rewarding. You have like the best energy. I could literally talk to you forever. Oh my God. But we are sadly wrapping up. So we like to end on a dose of drama. Okay. A little recommendation, something you want to rant about, rave about, tell a story, talk about the world news. I'm going to kick it off today because this came to me as I was putting this t-shirt on. The shirt says, sounds gay, I'm in. And people compliment me on it when I wear it. And I have to tell everyone the sad truth behind this t-shirt. Last summer, I I got some targeted ads mm-hmm. from this company called like that sounds gay and they were looking for like brand reps and anyway my friend did it and he like he was like oh my god you need to do it you'll get like a discounted shirt whatever and they'll repost you on their instagram so i reached out they were like oh my god yes you should be one of our brand reps they're like we're gonna post you on our instagram and facebook you'll gain however many new followers we'll reshare all of your photos etc so i buy the shirt dylan and i take this full photo shoot me in the street whatever yes. and Also, I'll say, 
I was, it was at a time where I'm like, not really, I'm not follower hungry. It's not like I'm like an actor, anyone who has like a, like, I don't need followers, but we were at a moment in the middle of last summer where we had just gotten turned down by a really famous Broadway actress who told us that we weren't popular enough for her to devote her time to the show. And that's drama. So everybody can think about who it might be who hasn't been on the pod yet. But anyway, oh, Connor. <laughs> so we thought, okay, well, more followers could help us book. Like this is a real yeah. thing, you know, like, so I bought the shirt. I had my discount code, whatever took the photo shoot, did it. And this company completely ghosted me, full scam. And I still get DMs from them all the time saying, do you want to be one of our brand reps, whatever? And I have since then been in touch with other friends who told me that the same thing happened to them. It's all a scam that they want you to buy their shirts and they're promising you these things. And I little, little old me, I fell for it because I was so naive then. Looking at it, I'm like, why didn't you see that? But I guess, you know, you, you burn, you learn. I was so hopeful, you know, it was like, and I wanted to prove that that girl wrong and yeah. say, you know what? We can build followers, even if it's through phony brand reps telling you they're going to make you a star. I believed them. It was like that episode of Rugrats all growed up when Susie thought she was going to be a singer and she got a record deal and she gave all her money to this guy. And then she showed up at the label and it was deserted. Do you remember that episode? Yes. I don't remember this at all. Oh, I remember Devastation. that. Devastation. <laughs> what a throwback <laughs> moment, truly. It must have really imprinted in my psyche, you know? Maybe. Anyway, the drama is I like this shirt and I get compliments on it. But if that sounds gay reaches out to you, they're a scam. Yeah, they can kick rocks. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan, do you have a dose of drama today? I do because, you know, this might be coming live from Myrtle, this podcast. I don't know. But what I'll say is, you know... I made all these promises last summer when I was like stuck inside and thinking when quarantine's over, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to get all the tattoos. I'm going to travel to all the places. And now suddenly I have to make good on those promises. And I'm like anxious about <laughs> reentering the world. And my drama is that I'm scared. And I would wish I still had the excuse of, sorry, there's a pandemic, right. but I got to stiff upper lip, go for it and things will be good. But I'm just feeling a little anxious about it all. Oh, damn. Well, good luck. Seriously. Thanks, Damon. Because Myrtle Beach is, you know, that's the southern. It's in the it's in South Carolina, right? Yeah. South or North. One of the Carolinas. Yeah. Most of my family is actually from North Carolina. So they I I've never actually been to Myrtle Beach, but everybody goes all the time. Oh, so yeah. I, you're going to have a blast. It's going to be fun. I hope you have a great time. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have some drama, Damon? I think I do. OK. First off. I have to say that lady who was like, you don't have enough followers. Fuck you, lady. Sorry. I'm sorry. I don't care. Like you get mad at me all you want to like, fuck right off. Yes. Like don't, you don't have enough followers. If you have the time, you can fucking do it. Like stop, bitch the door. Yep. Like fuck right off. I'm sorry. I just, I don't have time for that kind of shit. I don't. Mm -hmm. And everyone's starting to hear my potty mouth this time, but like, <laughs> And in, in my head, see, now you now you can hear my Southern coming out because it's uh -huh. I'm getting upset in my head. I'm going that bitch clearly has never struggled in her life. She grew up with money, probably from Connecticut. I don't know why that's how that just makes sense. But like that ain't none of my business. I ain't got time for it. I agree. It makes me think like. I never want to be the person that thinks I'm too good for anything, you know, no. like everyone started somewhere. I don't think you're ever too good to spend your time. I don't know. And I, I think yes. like, I won't say more. I'm, I don't want to be shady, but hell, I will. Let me do it. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. I've had people, I've had fans who have no following. I'm saying like in the 
four hundreds, whatever it might be. You know, there mm-hmm. it's not, but they're like getting a podcast started, or they're do they want to do an interview, and I've one hundred percent done it. It's like if I have the time, I'm gonna do it. Why would you not do that? If we've learned anything about marketing or getting people on your side, like the election, you have to mm-hmm. go to the the little people. You can't mm-hmm. just go for the big people. If you go for the yep. people, the big people, and only the big people, you're fucked. If you don't visit Michigan and Pennsylvania, if you're only in New York and California, <laughs> like there's more people than those people. By yeah. the way. Ugh, so that I guess that's my little that's my little drama. But I'll, I want to do one more. I loved that, by the way. Thank you. I have no time for her. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> who who she is. I have no time for you. And if I find out who it is, I'm gonna read you like fucking Paris is burning. <laughs> period. That's period. <laughs> Sorry. Obsessed. Obsessed. But also, little little tidbit of information. Um, I won't, obviously I'm not going to say names, but like, I didn't know this until a couple of years ago. Everyone in the Broadway community is a salute. Everyone, every single person. I don't care. And I don't say slut because I don't slut shame because mm-hmm. I'm like, girl, get it in. I'm always a celebrator of getting it in yes. period. But everyone is a salute. And I love oh, yeah. it. I say salute because it's like, oh, I'm being, a little, I'm, you know, I was a little slutty last night or I was, I was doing mm-hmm. a little slut mess, you know, <laughs> not a slut because that's, that's mean, but a little slutty. I'm down for that. That's fun. Everyone is. If you, anyone, if you think they're like, no, I'm not like that. No, there's one person in this world that I've met and she's as pure as like, I don't, I don't know. She's as a diamond, a real <laughs> diamond. Like she's just that pure. She's the only person in this world that is not slutty. Everyone else is, is, is slutty. true. It's all true. We said earlier, everybody wants to bang a newsie. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Because everyone in yeah. Broadway is a slut. i love this raw realness that you're bringing to the pot i feel Mm -hmm. like many people are afraid to speak the the like common truths of the world and i'm obsessed i'm obsessed you're right i used to be that way i really did like the rise years basically people are like oh there's kids watching and then i'm like yeah but i also did empire where i fought three grown ass women and beat the hell out of them. You know what I mean? Like my work is my work and I can yes. still, I can still talk to kids and teach kids and be, but I can also be honest with them, you know, cause mm-hmm. when they become adults, they're going to say these words, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. saying it to like elementary school kids, obviously, but like, right. <laughs> you know, if you've seen eighth grade, you know, that middle schoolers are mm-hmm. ain't fucking playing. So I just, I, I got to a point in my life where I was like, I can't, I can't pretend to be someone I'm not. I just, I really can't. It, 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 it makes me feel icky. I lose friends because they can tell I'm being fake. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is who I am now. This is, it's just who I am. And we respect you for it, Damon. And love you for it. You're an amazing yes. person. Oh my God. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Thank you for giving us so much time and being so down to just hang out and chat. Absolutely. I could do this. I could do this another hour, truly. So we'll have to have you back. Please do. <laughs> for real. And everybody needs to follow Damon. Sure. And you can follow <laughs> him at Damon underscore Gillespie on Twitter and at Damon J. Gillespie on Instagram. 
I'm more active on Instagram. Insta's the place. It's so fun. It's fun. It's so fun. <laughs> and you can follow, if you're not already, follow at the Drama Podcast. Follow me at Connor McDowell. Dylan at Dylan McDowell. Dylan, do you like that I stole your social media plug moment? Yes. I love it. I love it. We're sharing You today. asked, are you well? I did, which is normally your moment. So we're, we're just trading it off. Exactly. And Damon, thank you again. I, I am just blown away by, by you and everything. And I can't wait to see what else you're booked with because it's only going to continue. I hope so. And- Congratulations on a on a great podcast, guys. This is this is was a lot of fun, and I'm so so happy to be here. And I'm so glad that you guys were like hella cool to talk to, and you know, <laughs> you just kept it one hundred. We always said keep it one hundred. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, this was a lot of fun, and I hope that this I hope that this podcast like takes off, and this is like your your main source of income because you guys deserve it from your lips. From your lips, Damon. Thank you so much. (laughs) Of course. That means the world. It does. Thank you. And Connor, I'll see you next time. Drama. Drama.